We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. IB Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Thanks for another great show today, Brian. That is from Anthony Solomon to kick things off today. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm excited to have this show today, this latest edition of the Notre Dame Rundown, because I have some topics that I'm I'm kind of excited to talk about. I'm going to share with y'all uh, just some feelings on a lot of different things. We're going to talk, we're going to continue our offseason previews. Before we get started, do me a couple favors, if you don't mind, hit that like button. While we're going, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. And if you need to, take a quick minute while I'm setting the show up and go sign up for the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Going to have some fun today. I, I'm going to be honest with you about kind of how shows today's show came together. I I'd said, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing my shows every day at one o'clock now, so that way there's some consistent start time, and I do plan on doing that here soon. It's just with all the move stuff going on, it it it. it it's hard to have that consistent time, but I was like, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it today. And I'm sitting there at like 1130 and I'm like, okay, I'm doing the running back breakdown, but I don't know what else I want to talk about today. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go at two o'clock today. And then just a couple things hit me and I was like, okay, let's talk about these. This is going to be fun. I was kind of mapping out the next couple weeks of shows, 
in advance of spring ball. And I was like, yeah, that'll be a fun topic. And I was like, I want to talk about something recruiting wise. And what's an interesting topic in February? So I came up with one. So now I'm like really fired up about the show and what we're going to talk about. So today's topics, we're going to kick things off with a discussion of the running back room. We're going to talk about, as we've been doing here for a while, you know, just an overview, what was lost, what returns, what's new. I'll ask some important questions about the running back position for 2024. I'll then dive into a conversation about does the Notre Dame offense need stars to emerge? What, what, what do I mean by stars and what type of stars are needed? What we know what's wanted, but what's needed if Notre Dame's going to compete for a championship. And then the final topic is I'm going to discuss sort of the six big questions remaining for Notre Dame, the 2025 class or surrounding the 2025 class. So I'm going to get into that conversation today as well. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. And I hope you guys have some fun. There will be no mailbag today. I'm going to stick to these three topics. If you do have a question or something that you definitely want to have addressed, you can go ahead and throw a super chat in there. Uh, or you can put a question on the board if you're a board member and I'll get to it later. But today's topic is just going to stick to what we're going to talk about here and the topics that we're going to discuss today. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to having this conversation uh, just about all these different topics. And so I am going to have to get ready to rock and roll, but I'm just going to need just a quick second here before we get started. And then we'll dive into the running back room. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. 
Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, folks. Today's topic number one. I, I put this one at sort of the back end of the offensive previews for a couple specific reasons. Because number one, I wanted to do some more breakdowns of kind of what was going on at Notre Dame and you know, with Mike Denbrock and I, and I'm, I'm also excited about this room and, and just kind of what it can be and want to do some digging about where the room is and, and all that kind of stuff. And of course that is the running back room. This is a, you guys hear me say this a lot, the difference between potential and production, you know, what is the difference between, you know, what, what you could be and what you are. And I don't know if there's a, a room that more signifies that phrase, the one that I do often that I do use often. If there's one that signifies that phrase more than the running back room, because it's, it's funny, you know, there's like, there's certain positions on the team that, that the fan base as a whole is, you know, has some excitement about, or maybe not a lot of excitement about where I'm like, that's a really proven group. Like, I, I don't know why we're not more excited about this. Then there's, then there's the, um, you know, the, the, the other side of the coin where you've got the running back room, which doesn't have a ton of great production, but loads of talent and potential and people are super fired up about it. And, and to the point where it's kind of like, it's assumed this group is going to be really good. I'm not ready to assume that just yet, but I understand the temptation because when you really look at this room, it is a very, very talented group of players and one that, if all of us that that think so highly of it are correct and they step up, this group could be really, really good. And then what kind of impact can that have? And, and we're going to talk about some of that today as we dive into the running back overview. So when I look at the running back room, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to have this conversation when you when you think about like what was lost and what returns and all these other different type of topics, because it, it almost like, I'll show you, I'll tell you how I feel. I'll tell you how I feel about the topic. I feel sometimes, and this is kind of silly, I'll be honest, but I feel sometimes almost like I'm disrespecting Audric Estime when I start getting excited about the running back room. I feel like, you know, am I am I not paying due respect to him? And 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 sometimes I wonder like if I was as high on Audric during the season in in my expressions of his play as I should have been. And especially as I mentioned yesterday, as I go back and watch film, I'm like, I knew he was good. But man, he is even better than before than I thought he was. I mean, just just really, 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 really good. And, and so when I, when I, when I start talking about the running back room and how good it can be, I, it's like, it almost comes across like it's a, it's, it's going to be so much better than it was last year. And, and, and as if it's like a, a shot at Audric and, and I'm trying to tell myself like, it's not that, so you don't, you can just be, be open about it. But really what it comes down to is, you know, last year, Audric was outstanding and I, and I was so excited to see the rest of the room as well. And when the season started, we did. I mean, you know, Jadarian Price takes his first career carry against Navy for a touchdown. I mean, Jeremiah Love has the first touchdown in Notre Dame Stadium for the 2023 season against Tennessee State. And 
you know, we're seeing Jabron make plays in the past game early and picking up third downs with his legs. And so you're like, man, this, this group's going to be a lot of fun. And then as the season kind of went on, we saw a little bit less of that group. And to a degree, it's kind of understandable because of how good Audric was. But I, I look back at the group and I'm saying, yes, Audric was great, but I just kind of still feel like as a group, I was a little disappointed with not so much the play of the players, but more so just kind of like they didn't take advantage of the room the way that they could and should have. It's kind of more in that regard. And, and when you look at the game plans and the play calling and the personnel usage and all those different types of things. And then you look at this next room and you're like, man, I'm excited about this room and what it can be, but will they use it correctly? But there's this assumption that they're just going to be okay without Audric. And that's what I want to kind of begin as we always kick these things off is, is what was lost. And it, I don't want to, I don't want to just gloss over what was lost because when you look at the production Audric estimate had last year, and you consider how at times, I mean, just if we're just going to be honest, he did that in spite of the offensive line, not because of the offensive line, and just really had just a brilliant season that that just you I think it's because maybe he's just not real flashy and he doesn't have that obvious speed that sometimes we forget just how good this guy really is and really was last season for Notre Dame. You see the numbers there, top five all-time single-season rushing uh, production last year, 1,341 yards, set a Notre Dame all-time touchdown record for 18 touchdowns rushing. That's just rushing touchdowns last season. Also chipped in with 17 catches for 142 yards, was a second-team All-American. Just had a really, really good year, and honestly was a guy that, that you could just kind of count on each week to say, hey, if you feed him enough, he's going to step up and he's going to be really good for you. You know, and Ryan and I were kind of going over this, the topic of the show today uh, about an hour ago and really talking about Audric and, and just kind of season he had. And he was talking about from a draft standpoint, but he's like, you know, look, Audric didn't really put up big numbers in the two biggest games. And, and you look at Ohio State only had 70 rushing yards and against Clemson only had 87 rushing yards. But it really came down to they just didn't use him enough. I mean, I mean, he you actually break down the film. He only carried the ball 14 times against Ohio State. He's pretty good on those 14 carries. He only carried it 17 times against Clemson. Most of that was in the first half, but he was really good on those carries. He averaged over five yards a carry against those two teams. You know, but when you fed him, I mean, he was he was dynamic. I mean, he was a really outstanding player at last season. Had six games of over 100 yards, two games of over 150 at 176 against Central Michigan. And, of course, had one of the five best single-season uh, games in Notre Dame history when he had finished his career with 238 yards and four touchdowns against Stanford. He was a really just an excellent player. And at the end of the day, he was the guy that teams built their defense to stop. And when you consider the, the fact that Notre Dame didn't really have a, a, a pass game that was overly threatening for most of the year, I mean, only threw for 3,200 yards on the entire season, 3,205. Your starting quarterback threw, threw under 2,700 yards in the regular season, 24 touchdowns, eight picks. Notre Dame only averaged – you know, Sam Hartman only averaged 224 passing yards a game. The receiving core was banged up. It didn't play to production. And yet, despite teams game planning week after week after week to stop Audric, he still found ways to make plays. And, and he was a really, really excellent player. And it's it's not going to be easy to replace him. And I, I'm excited about what this group can be, but I don't want it to come across like, ah, I'm glad Audric's gone because now, now we get to see the baller step up. They're going to have to replace one of the best running backs Notre Dame has had in the last 20, 30 years, the, the way that he played this past season. And 
you know, this is a guy that ran for over 2,200 yards the last two years because Audric also rushed for over uh, 900 yards in 2022. I mean, if you think about it, in the last two years, and you look at the the production that Audric Estime has had, you're talking about a guy that ran for 2,260 2, yards and had 29 rushing touchdowns in the last two years. Just an excellent, excellent player. And, and a guy that you're going to have to – you're going to have to find a way to replace. The good news for Notre Dame, and this is really where the heart of my excitement comes from. The heart of my excitement doesn't come from, I'm glad Audric's leaving and now these guys can step up, which sometimes we can we can kind of fall victim to, or at least sound like we're falling victim to, is you you when you're a healthy program and you are a top program, you don't rebuild, you reload. You don't say, man, we lost Joe Walt. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to take us a couple of years to, to figure that out. Or you, know, you lost Audric Estime and you know, you're just you're going to have to recruit to figure out a way to replace him. Notre Dame is in a position where, yes, you lost a great player, just a great player. But the way that you've recruited and developed that room with head with running backs coach Dila McCullough is you feel like, okay, you're in position to just keep rolling and keep rolling. It's going to look different. It's going to be different players. We're going to have some very important questions that have to get asked. But the fact of the matter is you're going to be in a situation where even when you lost a great player in Audric Estime, you still have a chance, in my opinion, to be every bit as good from a production standpoint next season. Will one guy have Audric's production? Maybe. Uh, if I had to, If I was a betting man, I would bet no. Could the overall room surpass the production they had last year? Absolutely. And that's the thing that you get excited about when you talk about where the running back room is because it's as healthy as any position on the roster from the standpoint that you can lose a guy like Audric Estime and still feel like you're in position to go out that next year and still be really good, really good at that position. So when you talk about what returns, I basically just put these guys in order of total yards from last season. This is not a projected depth chart. This is just who comes back. And obviously, you you start at the top. The guy, the name that a lot of people like to talk about, Jeremiah Love comes back as a true freshman last year at 462 total yards. Now, this is just offensive production, by the way. This is rushing and receiving combined. So Jeremiah had 462 yards last season, two touch, two rushing or two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving. He, it was interesting. He scored a rushing touchdown in his second game of the year. Didn't score again until the last game of the year when he caught a pass against Oregon State. Really interesting player because he has so much potential. And the first touchdown he had against against um, Tennessee State was on a, a buck sweep play. And they got him outside the outside the numbers. He made a great read, had a nice cut, goes for a big play. In the first two games of the year, he has nine. He has eighty six yards on nine carries in the first two games, and it just seemed like after that, for a lot of the season, the way that they used Jeremiah Love was just to kind of run him on like inside zone and duo all all day. Now there is nothing wrong with using Jeremiah Love on inside zone and duo. He can hit those runs because especially and here's why inside zone a lot of times when you think about just downhill runs you think you know big back power back whatever and and there's truth to that but like to me with jeremiah 
no, you don't want to run him 20 times downhill running inside zone and duo. I think that's misusing his talent. But you can also misuse his talent by saying he's a speed guy. He's a, not, not a real big guy. He's tall, but not you know kind of skinny. So we'll just run him on outside zone, stretch, toss, buck sweeps, think counters, things like that. That's also a mistake. It's that finding that balance that's key. And, and on inside zone, for example, it's a play designed to cut back. He's the type of back, a lot like Josh Adams was back in 2017, where he can take a small inside zone crease and just hit it, just explode it, whether it's a vertical insertion into the A gap, whether it's cutting backside, B gap, or bouncing it all the way back. If you get a really good wash backside, he's a guy that can turn that into a home run. I mean, the, the closest comp that Notre Dame's had to him and the style of play he can have on those type of runs is, is Josh Adams and CJ Proceis, who weren't – Josh Adams was a, a, a good-sized kid, but he wasn't a power back by any stretch. CJ wasn't a power back. They were – if you have a – if there's a crease, they are going to exploit it and just rip off a big play. And I, and I think Jeremiah reminds me a lot more of CJ athletically. CJ was a little bigger, you know, but that taller guy – you know, Josh was, ex- I mean, Josh was arguably the most explosive running back downhill Notre Dame has had since probably, you know, Julius Jones pre, you know, early in his career, maybe going back to Reggie Brooks. And, jo- you know, CJ had that, had had explosiveness as well. I don't know that he was quite as explosive as Josh was as just a pure downhill runner, but CJ was more elusive. He could make you miss. He could kind of show that patience, you know, make some good cuts in the backfield where Josh was more of a one cut and boom, go kind of guy. Jeremiah is a little bit more like CJ, in my opinion. And so when you watch him run last year, and as, as Jason Smith said in the chat, he does run hard between the tackles. It's not that he doesn't, but his speed is such that he's he can hit that. Same thing with duo. He can vertically crease on duo. But we can also do on duo, and when duo really is working – when teams kind of crash it because you create that extra gap to the duo side, that's a play that can bounce. And if you have a guy that has some speed, he can really hit that play and hit it big. And so Jeremiah brings some of that. But you have to be willing to mix up those plays with the tosses, the sweeps, the buck sweep, whether it's buck sweep or whether it's like an outside zone look that's trying to get outside, whether it's a pure outside zone, because pure outside zone, and here's the difference, sweep, is more of a play where you're trying to seal the edge and you're trying to get outside. Buck sweep and outside zone are going to look like outside runs, but they're actually looking for vertical insertions inside. So you're going to stretch, get outside, get outside, get outside. And then a lot of times you're going to cut behind the tackle, behind the guard, or sometimes even a backside guy. And if any of you ever watched the Broncos like I did when I was young, you'll understand it. You see, you can even see it with the 49ers now with Christian McCaffrey. Well, they'll run that toss play and they'll make a vertical cut and they're actually cutting behind the center, but it's way outside, but it's where the play stretches. And so you're looking for that vertical insertion. Those are all plays you can run with Jeremiah and, and expect him to, to really thrive. He's got good vision. He shows good patience. He can hit all those kind of things. And he's got a chance to be a re- very impactful player as, as a run player. And I'm going to talk more about other parts of the game later during the questions part. Jadarian Price is a guy that's not getting as much love in the conversations. Jeremiah, I understand it. Jadarian was not ranked as high coming out. He, he was by us. I ranked him as a top 100 player, but he didn't get the same national love that Jeremiah did, who was not only in a, a top 100 player by us, but also a, a top 100 player by other recruiting services. Jadarian also 
missed his freshman year, which kind of that out of sight, out of mind type of thing. He showed last year he's got a chance to be a really good player as well. And I think that sometimes in our in our desire to talk about how good Jadarian, Jeremiah Love can be, we sometimes forget Jadarian Price has a chance to be every bit as good as Jeremiah Love. And that, for me, is the excitement that I have. We have we're going to have this. I know it's going to happen. There's nothing I can do to stop it. There's going to be people that are Team Jeremiah, people are Team, team Jadarian. It is what it is. But I hope that most people understand, like, dude, I don't care who's in the game. They're both outstanding players. They're both going to be dynamic. And that one-two punch at the position is going to be excellent. I mean, I, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, remind you guys again, I talked to a Notre Dame coach who this was during the spring. Uh, actually, this was right after the spring, kind of going into the summer. And I was asking him about you know, just different parts of the team and how he felt about different groups and he brought up running back. I didn't even ask about it. He's like, dude, we are so loaded at running back. He's like, you know, as, as good as Chris and, and cause at the time, Chris Tyree was kind of the, the lead guy coming out of that. And this is that, this is the 2022 spring. So before the 2022 season, you know, it was expected that Chris Tyree was kind of going to be that number one guy. Audric was, had a good spring. Logan was a you know little, was, was good too. Got a little banged up at the beginning, but it was, was pretty good. And but he said, look, the best running back we had all spring was Jadarian Price. He's like JD is was was gonna is gonna you know has a chance to start for us. And then when he got hurt, I was told like by the time he got hurt, he had basically a lot of the coaching staff felt that he was their best running back. Think about that. That was with Audric Estime and Logan Diggs and Chris Tyree on the roster. Now we've got to see if Jadarian can get back to being that guy in, in, in athletically that he was before. Obviously, that's going to matter uh, to me uh, when you when you look in, and break down the running back room. But he showed last year the burst is still there. I mean, he showed that on his touchdown runs. He showed he showed that on the long screen pass. He showed that on the it was a 96, 97-yard kick return against USC. You know, he's a guy that has that ability, and, and I love his patience. I, I love his ability to make people miss with his strength. Jadarn is built like I mean, he's listed at like I mean, like five ten and a half, two hundred and five pounds, something like that. Not listed as a real big guy, but really reminds me a lot of Terrell Davis from a frame standpoint because he is a pretty muscular kid. He's really jacked up and he's stronger than you'd think. If you just see him in pads, he doesn't look that big. But then when you see him like with a shirt off, you're like, this kid is is a rock. And then when you watch him run, you're like, he runs hard. And and but he's smooth. It's not like a hard, like an aggressive hard. It's just he when he gets vertical, man, those legs just get churning. It's just like people just kind of bounce off of him. Uh, the vision was was a little inconsistent at times, but he showed that he's got a really good natural feel for the position. He's a guy that can do a lot of damage between the tackles. But another player, as we show as he showed last year, that can bounce and make plays outside. I'm trying to remember who I think it was Pitt where he had a run where they ran, I think it was like some kind of counter, maybe it was a duo, but he bounced it outside, outran the defense, and then made a vertical cut, picked up like 15 yards. You're like, dude, that is such a good run, like a very underrated run. Jadarin has a chance to be a, a special back as well. And that's the exciting thing because you look at it and you're like, Love and Price are different runners. They do things a little differently, but you can run the same plays with all with both of them. Now, you may do a little more with Jeremiah in certain areas than you do with Jadarian, and Jadarian may you know, may major in these runs where Jeremiah majors in these other runs, but 
Jeremiah still minors in the runs that Jadarian's going to major in, and, and Jadarian's going to ma- minor in the runs that Jeremiah may may major in. So you can't say, well, Jadarian's in the game, so we're going to be paired for only duo and inside zone. And when Jeremiah's in the game, you can't say, well, hey, everything's going to be in the perimeter because they're not going to run this guy inside. They can do both with both of those guys. There are certain runs that maybe you're going to emphasize with one back over the other, but you're going to be able to do it all. And they complement each other really nicely, but not in a way to where you have to completely change your run game because one guy is in the game over the other. It really has a chance to be a special one-two backfield because if Jeremiah Love was the lead back and got the bulk of the carries in a manner in which uh, Audric did last season, there's not a doubt in my mind that he would have a tremendous season and lead the team in rushing and have over a thousand yards. I mean, honestly, if, if he, and Ryan and I were talking about this a little bit the other day in one of the questions we had in the mailbag, if he just gets as many carries as Audric had in 2020, uh, 2022, so last year, Audric had 210 carries. The year before, Audric had 156. And to me, if if you talk about Jadarian, or I mean about Jadar, uh, Jeremiah getting only 156 carries, I have no doubt he's going to be a thousand yard rusher. And then I would say the same thing about Jadarian. If you told me right now that Jadarian Price is going to have 150 carries next year, I would say I'll bet you he gets over a thousand yards. It was about six and a half yards a carry. If you were to tell me that Jeremiah was going to get at least 150 carries next year, I'd say he's going to he's definitely going to be a thousand yard guy. Again, six and a half yards per carry. Audric was at 6.4 last year. And and so even if they are even if they only match Audric, who did things a little bit differently, but was a big play guy, that's here. Let me let me do the math here real quick. So 150 times 6.4. We have somebody hit a four, not a seven. That's 960 yards. If you jump up to 6.5, to just 0.1 higher, it gets them. It's 1,014 yards. So I think both of those guys would have a chance to do it. Now, can they both get it to 1,000? Or can either of them get to 1,000 if they're both getting a lot of the carries? We'll see. We'll see. But two years ago, in 2022, Audric had 156 carries. Logan had 165 carries. And Chris Tyree had 100 carries. So we've seen it before. However, that team didn't throw the ball a whole lot or very well. That team also at times had a quarterback that ran the ball, but overall didn't really run it a lot. Your quarterbacks, you're starting your two quarterbacks that season only ran the ball combined 83 times. Compare that to Riley Leonard, who will be Notre Dame starting quarterback in 2024. And you look at the production he had two years ago. Riley carried the ball 124 times. And then last season, he carried the ball 58 times in seven games. But if you actually look at his carry his his carry production and, and the pace he was on last season carrying the football, he was on pace to have a lot of carries. So if you actually look at what Riley's numbers would have been based on what he had the year before, he, was, he would have been at least 120 carries. Again, so back-to-back years of over 120 carries. So you're, you're talking about a guy that's going to take some of the – I mean, he's going to take all of Chris Tyree's touches – Plus, you have the throwing game, and you have some other backs in the on the field as well that I think you have to find a way for. And like an in, in example, that's Jabron Payne, the overlooked guy, understandably so. Let's just be honest. I don't think Jabron's as good as Jadarian and Jeremiah, but that's not an insult to Jabron. I think Jabron's a very good back. I think there have been years in recent seasons where Jabron Payne, if he was your, on those teams, would have been your starting back. I think there that if. Something unfortunate happened 
and you didn't have Jeremiah and you didn't have Jadarian next season, or one of them goes down and you can promise me that Jabron's going to take that guy's carries. I, I could see Jabron Payne being a, a thousand yard back as a lead back. I, I do. I think he's a good running back. It would be different. It would be more volume, lower yards per carry, lower explosives, things like that, but just a grinder, high efficiency, grinding out yards, you know, getting hit a yard behind the line of scrimmage on third and one, driving his feet forward to pick up the first down and just getting that production because it, it's so easy uh, to me to just kind of look past him because he's just not a sexy back. He's not a sexy back like Jeremiah and Jadarian are as far as the running style. But Jabron Payne is a good running back. He is a, is a very good running back. And if it got to the point where Notre Dame has to go into a game where Jabron Payne's your lead back, my confidence in Notre Dame winning that game does not diminish one bit. It's just that he finds himself in a situation where there's two guys on the roster that are as old or younger than him who are as good, if not better. And that's the unfortunate thing for Jabron. But for a Notre Dame coaching staff, you have to look at it and say, hey, look, you do have Jabron Payne. So what role do you have for him? You have to find a way to get Jabron on the, paint, the field as well next year. I mean, it's hard to get three backs really into a groove. It, it is. But they've got to find a way to do it. What's interesting is the way that Notre Dame used Chris Tyree in 2022, which frustrated the heck out of me, would be a perfect way to use Jabron Payne as that third down, that third running back, you know, when, when you, if you remember correctly, you know, Chris started the year off getting a decent amount of carries, but after that, he didn't he didn't carry the ball a ton per game each week. You know, he had uh, he had uh, a stretch early. We went six and three early, but then 17, 15, and eleven. But after that, it was eight, ten, eight, seven, two, six, two, five. I could see Jabron kind of being that you know six to eight to ten carry per game guy because he's your short yardage back. He's your third down back. He Maybe he's your goal line back and can do a lot of different things because the value that he brings in those situations is he can take a pounding. He's a guy that does have a, a really low-built, strong physical frame. He, he He's more than willing, as he showed already, to put his head down and run through contact. He's not a real big back, but he's a strongly built back. But the other thing, too, about Jabron is he's a legitimate pass game weapon. I mean – Think about the catch he made on the touchdown against USC uh, early this season. You know, you've got a pressure coming. Sam's getting pressured. He has to kind of just rip off a run and and hopefully can can you know, rip off a throw and hopefully get the ball out and and have some success. You know, get that throw out. But uh, you know, he comes out and makes his best throw he could. It's behind Jabron. Jabron just reaches up and snatches it out of the air like it was no problem. And so. You, you start to kind of get kind of fired up about about that kind of that kind of player and that kind of back and and what he can bring and then you kind of like well man it's like but you're still in a situation where he's got two other really good players so I just think it's going to be a challenge for Notre Dame to try to find ways to get Jabron on the field but I think they have to do it I, I think he's that good of a back I think he's a guy that you you have to try to find a way to get him on the field and get him some touches and get him in the game. If they choose not to do it because the other two guys are just better, I understand that. I won't be critical of it. But when you've got this many backs, you, you just have to try to find a way to, to, to get them get them touches. And, and I think Jabron is good enough to be a guy that as he goes into – because you got to remember about Jabron, 
last year was his first full year of football in a, in a while. And he played as a sophomore, was really good. Averaged, I think, around 10 yards a carry in Cincinnati. Goes out as a junior, gets hurt the first game of the year, plays most of his senior year, but he was banged up. He wasn't healthy. He wasn't. He just wasn't himself. Comes to Notre Dame as a freshman, only carries the ball two times. He doesn't get a whole lot of burn, you know, behind because it was a loaded backfield then. And you had Audric, you had Logan, you had Tyree. And it just was a situation where he just wasn't a, a factor. So when he played this year and got the the, the playing time he did, because he played a lot, even though he didn't get a lot of touches, he'd still played a lot of football offensively and on special teams. This was the first time he'd really played a had a healthy season where he played a decent amount in a while. The point being, I don't think we've seen the best the best of Jabron Payne either. I think Jabron's a back that that is going to continue to get better as well. I don't think he's a finished product either, and it's a situation where I think he's going to force himself into a role. Hey, you you've got to play me, and that's what good coaches do. And Dylan McCullough has shown he can do that. Is that he can if I got a deep room, I'm going to find ways to get everybody touches. He did that in 2022. He did that last year as best he could, trying to find roles for guys, and now it's up to the play caller, Mike Denbrock, to figure out how to use them all. Finally, Notre Dame also has Devin Ford coming back next year. You know, Devin is another guy who's a good back. He just happened to come into a situation where he had a loaded backfield. And I understood why Notre Dame took Devin Ford last year because he had Audric. After that, Jadarian was coming off of an injury. Jabron Payne had a career, you know, that was filled with injuries in his career. You had Chris Tyree that was, you know, moving to wide receiver. And you had the freshman in Jeremiah Love. I completely understood why they took Devin Ford. And and I, I would imagine that Devin did not have the uh, the playing time that he would have hoped for, is, is my guess. And I would imagine he came to Notre Dame thinking he was a play more. He only carried the ball eight times last year, only had four catches, only had 78 total yards. He did play someone in the return game. But the thing I love about Devin Ford is he just kind of you could just see it everybody i've talked to about him says hey look devin came here and from day one was like coach whatever you need me to do i'll do you need me to block you need me to catch you need me to run whatever you need me to do i'll do and this is a former top 100 recruit and when you hear about kids like that you're just like that's a that's the kind of kid you want on your team and he's also good enough to where if, if push comes to shove or injuries happen or whatever the case may be and you've got to go into a game i'll, I'll just say it if you got to go into a game with Jabron Payne and Devin Ford as your two top backs, and and you know even not even counting the freshman coming behind them, I, there's a lot of. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's a team on the schedule that if the the old line's good enough, I I don't feel pretty good about being able to beat because of what those kids bring to the table. And the crazy thing is that's your number three and number four running backs among your returners. It just speaks volumes to the amount of talent that Notre Dame has been able to accumulate in the last couple of years. And you're in a position where if one of those guys leaves you're still in a great spot. You have great depth at running back right now. Depth of talent, which is important. You've got depth of, of skills, meaning you don't have four cookie-cutter backs that can all do the same thing. You have very different backs, and you have depth now from an experience standpoint. Nobody's ever been the guy, but a lot of these guys have played legitimate snaps, important snaps, meaningful snaps. Jeremiah has a start under his belt, and in that game where he was a starter, Jadarian rushed for 100 yards. So this this group is 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 very talented and has the experience you'd hope that they would have to have that year two breakout. They can overcome as a group the loss of Audrey Estime. Let's get into the next topic about running back, and that is what is new at running back. As excited as I am about the returners, you're adding two really good football players to your room. 
and two guys that, in my opinion, have the talent to play right away. Now, will they? I don't know. There's a lot of talent on the current roster, and I don't know if those guys are going to be able to beat the players above them out or at least enough to play a bunch. But I'll tell you this right now, if you're a veteran running back or you're returning, I don't know if they even have really any veterans other than Devin Ford, but if you're a returning running back and you have a little minor bump or a little minor bruise, and but you're allowed to practice and it's up to you whether you practice or not, I have some advice for you. Go to practice. Don't miss practice. Don't don't be that guy that says, I don't feel great today. I'm just going to take a couple reps off or whatever. No, get out there and compete because you have two kids named Kedron Young and Aeneas Williams who are going to just wait for you to have that day where you just don't don't want to take in the full reps and it gives them full opportunities because they are talented, talented running backs. And they're different running backs. They're great compliments. The thing we praise the Notre Dame staff for uh, in in putting this 2024 group of backs together is they got two guys that can be every down backs, but two guys that are very different in how they play the game, which makes them guys that you can play together, but also guys that you can play in a complimentary manner. I'm talking about Keedron Young, who is an income. Both of these guys are also enrollees, by the way. Keedron is a true freshman from Lufkin, Texas, graded out as a top 100 player on the Irish Breakdown Board, also was rated as a top 100 player by On3. So we were not alone in our love for for Keedron Young. He really rose up the rankings after his commitment to Notre Dame with most people. So he was one of those guys that didn't follow the normal track of committing Notre Dame and falling in the rankings. He actually went up a little bit with most. He was ranked number 111 by 247 and number 127 by ESPN and ranked number 79 overall by on three. Rivals is the only one that dropped him. I think they missed the boat a little bit on that one. I'll be completely honest with you. But Kedron's a very talented player, just a shot shade under. I think he had about almost about 3,980 yards rushing in high school, so just missed the 4,000-yard mark. Big kid, 220 pounds, great feet, very nimble, smooth athlete, and a lot fat. He's a lot like Audric Estimate in that he's a lot faster than you think. I know Audric's been the, the comparison that a lot of people have had for him I, I think there are some similarities, but I think their games are different. My comp for Kedron, for those who like comps, was actually Javante Williams from North Carolina from a couple years ago, who was a very dynamic back. He's a guy that won't look like he's going to rip off big runs, but then just rips off a bunch of big runs. Aeneas Williams had it, it, it just, I mean, guys, I don't know how to say it. Guys and gals, I don't know how to say this. It's just insane high school production. You're talking about a kid that had 4,000 rushing yards, 3,000 receiving yards, and over 150 career touchdowns. That's just, I mean, it's, it's almost hard to fathom that type of production, you know, and and uh, just really, really fired up about, about what he's doing and, and what he can do and what he can bring to the table. Just a really talented player. So very excited to see, you know, what he can do in this offense. And the thing about it is, you know, Aeneas is another guy that can do a lot of, he can run between the tackles and he can do all that type of stuff, but he's another guy that you look at and, and say, Hey, this kid's got a chance to be a, a really good football player. And so, but his game is different to where you can do certain things with Audric. I mean, with Kedron, he's going to major in certain runs, minors and other minor and others. And he is going to major in what Kedron minors in, and he's going to minor in what Kedron majors in. They can play the game together. He might be the the best pass game weapon at running back when you look at 
kind of like the pure running back stuff. I think Jeremiah brings a unique receiver element to where you can line up Jeremiah at slot or outside and run legitimate routes with him. Aeneas did that at high school. I don't know if Aeneas brings as much of that to the table in college because of his size, but the hands and the ball skills are elite. I mean, they are special for running back, but he does a lot of the traditional running back stuff, slip screens, swing screens, wheel routes, angle routes, uh, check down stuff, you know, running some unders and some crossers, some seam routes out of the backfield. He can do a lot of that stuff at a very high level. And when you talk about playing those two guys together, if you're a coach that's creative enough to run 21 personnel effectively, these guys are a great complement in 21 personnel, just like Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price are. So when you talk about you already have this group of players right here, right, right there, other way, this group of players right here, that by itself is a great running back room. I mean, it really is. I, I'll say this. like I know Ohio State's group is going to get a lot of love, and they should. That's going to be a really good running back room. Penn State's group is going to get a lot of love, and they should. That's a very talented running back room. There's, I think, Alabama's up-and-coming running back room uh, with Justice Haynes and, and Richard Young and the guys they have coming back has a chance to be a really outstanding running back room. There's a lot of really good running back rooms. Texas has those two young kids that are that are emerging, uh, Dylan Baxter or Cedric Baxter, excuse me, uh, Jadon Blue. They've got some incoming players. Really t- I mean, a lot of great running back rooms. A lot of great running back rooms. However, you know, I'll put Notre Dame's talent up against any of them. They may not have the production that some of those guys have, but to me – I think it's a I think it's a it's a room that talent wise I'll stack up against anybody. I think it has a chance because you've got this four right here, just alone. That one right there alone can be that. But when you add these two kids into it, goodness gracious, this is a loaded, loaded running back room. So it's easy to get excited about what this group can be. I'm excited about what this group can be. 